Sadly, many Christians, they hold on to a compromised biblical worldview that has actually weakened the church of God today. It's led to apostasies that were unthinkable just a few decades ago, such as belief in evolution, the lack of biblical understanding of redemption, or the acceptance of social issues that really conflict with biblical truth, but they're being accepted in our churches today. To correct these worldly influences, it is necessary to explore the basic principles upon which the church has been founded that include the reliability of the word of God, the redemptive nature of Jesus Christ, the responsibility of the church to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ in the day and age that we live in. The key is to be transformed into God's will, not to be conformed to this world. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. So we're going to see today, I titled this, Jesus Christ and Him Crucified. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 16 verses in this chapter. We're going to handle them all this morning. First, we're going to notice how Paul came to Corinth in verses 1 through 5. Secondly, how the apostles preached in verses 6 through 9. Third, what believers received, verses 10 through 12. And then finally, what believers have, verses 13 through 16. Next, we discover what believers received in verses 10 through 12. Again, the context tells us, But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God, the deep things of God, but God has revealed. It speaks about that revelation. Remember, we've seen this word in the Greek. It means to unveil, to take the cover off. We talked about this over the last couple of weeks as well. A good description of this word would be a statue that is going to be unveiled maybe in the town square Everybody gathers around to see this statue, this piece of artwork 
that is covered and they're going to have a ceremony and there's a point in time where they uncover the statue. It's been unveiled to us. It's God who has unveiled these things through his spirit. The spirit of God who searches the deep things of God. It's God who has unveiled these things, who searches the deep things of God, the wisdom and the knowledge of God, searching the very counsel of God, the Holy Spirit. He goes on to talk about the spirit of man, saying that no one really knows the spirit of man except the person themselves. No one truly knows the thoughts, the motives of someone else. These things are only known by the spirit of that individual. And he describes it relating from a human perspective to that of God, the third person of the Godhead. God, the Holy Spirit, understands the mind of God, the Father, who has taken the very thoughts and mind of God, has given them to us through the revelation that came by way of God, the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised this work of the Holy Spirit to the church itself in John 16, Verses 12 through 14, Jesus told his, his disciples, saying, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. The work of the Holy Spirit, knowing the mind of the Father, he has given us the very truth of God. This mystery, a revelation of the Spirit in verse 12, he says, we have not received, not the spirit of this world. This is here where he doesn't use the spirit of the age. It's not the Greek word for age there, but cosmos of the world. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that you might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. This mystery of the gospel, Jesus Christ and him crucified, did not come to the apostles, the preachers, the prophets, by the spirit of the cosmos, the spirit of the world, but through the promised Holy Spirit of God. Again, Jesus said in John 15, 26, and 27. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. The very work of the Holy Spirit is to bring testimony concerning Jesus Christ into our lives. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. He will testify of me he will speak to you concerning the truth of who Jesus Christ is, the work of the Holy Spirit among the church today, that we might know all that we need to live in productive life as believers in Jesus Christ. It's been given to us in the word of God through the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit as recorded for us in what we know as the Bible today. All that we need to live a productive life. Yes, there are things that we can learn. I mean, the Bible did not talk about tablets that might come in the future. Although you know that the first transmission of a tablet did come from God. 
Moses there on the holy mountain had a tablet that God put the Ten Commandments on. You know that, right? So these are not new. Maybe they were recorded in the Word of God. Technology might change, but still, humanity being created by God, our need for God the Savior to redeem us from the sin that Adam and Eve, our forefathers, father and mother brought upon this world to be redeemed, to learn how to walk in fellowship with God. All those things have been recorded for us in God's holy book. All we need to do is to surrender to the teaching of God's word and the spirit who is from God, that we might rightly know how we should conduct ourselves in this world. Sadly, many Christians, they hold on to a compromised biblical worldview that has actually weakened the church of God today. It's led to apostasies that were unthinkable just a few decades ago, such as belief in evolution, the lack of biblical understanding of redemption, or the acceptance of social issues that really conflict with biblical truth, but they're being accepted in our churches today. To correct these worldly influences, It is necessary to explore the basic principles upon which the church has been founded that include the reliability of the word of God, the redemptive nature of Jesus Christ, the responsibility of the church to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ in the day and age that we live in. The key is to be transformed into God's will, not to be conformed to this world. Romans 8 verses 5 and 6 says for those who live according to the flesh they set their minds on the things of the flesh but those who live according to the spirit the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace as believers we have received the spirit of God who is from God that came by way of the free gift of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ and him crucified. And finally, what believers have, verses 13 through 16, we close out the chapter in the last four verses, beginning in verse 13. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. What we have as believers First of all, we discover believers have the teaching of the Holy Spirit, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. In verse 13, it tells us, these things we also speak not in words, not in logos, which is man's wisdom or man's sophia. Didaktos is the Greek word that's translated as teaches there, and it it just means a method of learning. We have that which we have received 
comes from the Holy Spirit, the didactos, the teachings of the Holy Spirit. We're able to compare spiritual things with spiritual. Jesus said in John 6, 44 and 45, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day, as it is written in the prophets, and they shall be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. They shall be taught by God. The work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Maybe we don't emphasize that enough around here, and if it is, it's my fault. But I believe in the work, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, not only in the work that the Holy Spirit has already done, as we read about in the first century church, that has given us the very word of God that we have today in the 21st century, but also the inspiration and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives as believers and the necessity of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit himself working in our lives helps to bring us to faith in Jesus Christ. These things are spiritually discerned. These comparing spiritual things with spiritual, the Holy Spirit speaking at that time through the apostles, the preachers, the prophets by means of their spirit gave them the truth of the gospel to be transmitted through the words of men that the Spirit of God themselves working in the lives of the apostles and the others who pen the words of the New Testament for us to give us the very word of God. Jesus Christ told his apostles in Mark 13, 11, speaking about the Spirit speaking through them. He said, when you are arrested and they deliver you up, do not worry beforehand or premeditate of what you will speak. But whatever is given you in that hour, speak that, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And there are times, and there are times that it has happened for me in this very pulpit where the Holy Spirit decided what would be preached on a particular Sunday. And on those particular Sundays, I had planned out our method of going through the Bible, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Next week, Lord willing, we'll be in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'll be planning for that. I'll be preparing for that. But it could be that next week the Lord will have a different plan and he will interrupt me. I think one of the vivid moments that stands out to me was right before we had the market crash in 2007 or 2008. The market, if you remember, crashed on a Monday morning. And on that Sunday before, I came up to the pulpit ready to preach. At the time, there wasn't a, a tablet, iPad that I used, but I actually had uh, paper notes up here and I had my notes spread out. We did the welcome and I just remember that I began that message, what I thought was going to be a message. I said, what if we wake up tomorrow morning and everything is changed? And I just kept hitting on that point. There was a point in where I actually picked up my written message and I slid it underneath my pulpit and I said, apparently I'm not going to need this today. I talked about a what if 
everything in the morning would change and the next day everything did change there was a market crash it it changed our society and we are still i mean the market's better today but we're still dealing with issues from what took place on that day it was i believe the inspiration of the holy spirit speaking through this mouth of mine to prepare us for a what if that happened to be coming on the next day i had no clue that it was coming but the spirit knew and he used my voice on that day to relay that message so god can do that god can interrupt and i i often ask the lord to interrupt me if you need to i want the spirit to speak to me and through me but i also believe that it's necessary as a preacher to study the word of god i do not not study I don't sit around and don't look into the word all week long and think, well, I'll just wing it when I get up there on Sunday. The spirit is going to speak through me. I want the spirit to speak through me. But I also, as one joke that I heard once concerning the preacher that did not study and said that on Sunday, the spirit will give me the word that I need to speak. And on that Sunday morning, when the preacher stood up to preach his message, the Spirit spoke a word to him and said, you should have studied. (laughs) So I think we should prepare and properly study. But in the process of that study, there is the revelation of the Holy Spirit. He helps, I believe, as we study, as we learn the Word of God, he helps to connect other passages from the Word of God to tie things together to give us greater understanding And sometimes out of the blue, he may just take us in a totally different direction. The Holy Spirit working. But the natural man doesn't understand these things. Verses 14 through 16. Doesn't understand the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. The natural man or the unbelieving person does not receive the truth of the gospel They are foolishness to him. These things are spiritually discerned. It's one of the reasons why we sometimes hit hit kind of that proverbial block wall when we're trying to witness to someone. They just don't get it. They don't understand because the Spirit of God is not engaging in their lives and their heart. They're not open to the Spirit of God, but they have opened themselves so much to the Spirit of this world that they cannot perceive it, cannot understand it. In 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, Paul said, If our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. And we find that there is a spirit of this age that is blinding the eyes of unbelievers so that they cannot believe. And yet, for those who have had their spirits enlightened by the Spirit of God, those who are able to discern or to judge properly the spiritual things, they have been given the very mind of Christ. Paul said there that we have the mind of Christ. I think that's beautiful as he closes out in verse 16 but we have the mind of Christ. Although this reference to the mind of Christ properly speaks of the Holy Spirit working through the apostles, the preachers, the prophets of Paul's day and age, 
that through them we have gained the New Testament and the writings of Scripture. It is also a promise that is given to us. The very Spirit of God, Jesus promised in John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. As believers, we have been given the Spirit of God through whom we have learned the truths of the gospel. The truth of the gospel, it all boils down to this. Jesus Christ and him crucified. As we've seen today in our text in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and what the believers received, they received the very Spirit of God who is from God that we might receive the very salvation that came through Jesus Christ. And what believers have, as we have been given the Spirit of God, through whom we learn the truths of God. It all boils down to this, Christ and him crucified. There are some within the church that like to get into a lot of the philosophies and studies that really take away from the message of the gospel. They study the things of men, the opinions of men. They chase down these things at times and a lot of that stuff, it really doesn't interest me. What I really want to know personally is the Word of God. I study it that I might learn it and grow in my faith and have a greater understanding of it, not just to gain a headier knowledge or to be in excellence. Remember that Greek word for excellence was to be in superior or priority, that mountaintop, the highest peak of the mountain. I know that I'll never be that. But I study God's word in order that I might use it, not only in my own life, but use it to help others, to have a greater understanding, but to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the church today, they drift away from the truth of God's word so much so that the church is lacking the very power of God that brings life. And I fear that quite often we can be guilty of that. And I don't want to lack the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit's work in our place. On Wednesday night, we were looking at a passage of Scripture from Isaiah where God was telling the children of Israel that I'm going to gather your people from the north, and I'm going to say to the south, give them up. And then he goes on to talk about the east and the west. I might have the directions backwards in that order. But every coordinates on a map, the north, east, south, and west, God talked about gathering the children of Israel back into the promised land after their captivity. And God has now twice done this in history. He did it first after the Babylonian captivity, and now he has done it. We are watching it still today taking place where the nation of Israel became a nation again. Crazy things that preachers remembered, but May 14th, 1948. Why do I have that stuck in my mind? It was the day that Israel became a state again. After nearly 2,000 years of being dispersed throughout the world, they became a nation again. It is a miracle of God that we are watching. God continues to draw 
Israelis from the north, east, south, and west. But what I pointed out on Wednesday night, I believe, is true of the Spirit's work in our midst too. Though it was properly referring to the nation of Israel, I believe that we can take that very passage and pray those things to God the Father and say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. That the Holy Spirit does the work to draw people into this place, that we would see the Lord Jesus Christ do such a work in this place that all we could say, it's God who's done it and not us. Father, so let it be. Lord, may you say to the north, east, south, or west, do not hold them back. Give them up. Bring your sons and your daughters from afar. Lord, do a work in our midst that we would know that your spirit is among us and alive and active. Lord, may we be a church that would stand upon your truth. And Lord, may we proclaim the message that has been proclaimed by the church, the true church, for nearly 2,000 years. Jesus Christ and him crucified. So may it be, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today. Let go.